Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of Pitch, connecting storytellers with the world. I'm Leah St. Marie. And I'm Angel. And today's guest is Jeffrey D. Calhoun, best-selling author of The Guide for Every Screenwriter and creator and host of the Successful Screenwriter podcast, and whose bio on IMDb says that he's an accidental screenwriter. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. Well, I actually uh, started screenwriting as a bet um, well over, I want to say, it's going on like 10, 15 years ago. It's, it's, it's been a long time. Uh, and I'm actually dyslexic. So uh, writing was never going to be something I ever considered doing. Uh, I had a friend who was an editor on a, on a kid's show. And he had put out an open challenge to a bunch of people and said, hey, I want to do I want to try screenwriting. Will anybody write a, a script and then we can see who wins and winner gets like dinner or lunch or something. No one took him up on it. And I felt bad for the guy. So it's like, I'll, I'll do it. And so I took him up on it and uh, learned how to read a script or learned how to write a script. And um, I, just, I fell in love with it. I just like, this is, this is my voice. Like this is, I can't sing. I can't dance. I can't draw you anything, but damn it. I think I can write a script. So that's, and from there, I kind of got bit by the bug and it didn't help when my wife found the script on the kitchen table and dare said to me, this is kind of good. Now, when you say you learned how to write a script and then yeah. just did it, mm-hmm. what was the, I feel like people always gloss over like details, like, oh, I learned how to do something. And then it, like the next thing, you know, what was your timeline and your process for that initial learning before you then oh, wrote man. that first script? That's an awesome question. All right. It would take being dyslexic. It would take me eight hours to write one page. And now I can write 22 to a few more pages a night. So it was a long, grueling process. But I thought it was like, it was so cool. Like, I just like, this is so neat. And then I didn't even consider it as something I could do as a career. I mean, my first five, six years was just me writing on my own, having fun as if you were, you know, a poet, just randomly being inspired and writing poetry. I was doing that with screenwriting. Um, And then one day, uh, this really sweet old lady asked me if I loved what I did for a living. And I didn't have an answer for her because I didn't. And she said, you got to pursue your passion. And so after that, I submitted to Scriptapalooza and I was, you know, forgot about it. And I was at CVS and got an email on my phone said that I made it to the quarterfinals and I had never competed before. And I went, oh, wow, maybe there's something here. Um, And so then I started diving further into it and it it became became my passion. 
this um your story is very much like a screenplay like someday some random old lady said hey do you love your job and you didn't have an answer for it. i mean this is like myth making like 101 and script writing right you know, and then you went down the rabbit hole and then you discovered this is your superpower this is amazing it is funny when you look at it that way she was the sweetest lady. you know what what i remember about that moment angel is when she asked me if I love what I did for a living and I didn't have an answer for her, the look of sadness on her face sat with me. Like the compassion that this woman had and that said, you need to find your passion. And I was just like, oh my God. I mean, I I, I am, uh, uh, I'm not a religious person, but I believe I'm a spiritual person. And I really believe there are moments when divinity will show itself and i really feel that was a moment where i was i was like yeah this is this is something i need to do and so then on the whim you know i i sent it out to some random screenplay contest that showed up on google um and then from there i was like i think i can do something with this and i did i absolutely rabbit hole i mean i went all the way back researching and studying this stuff like you know what is a monomyth and who's Joseph Campbell and how far back can I, well, where does structure come from? What is story? And so I really did all of this deep, deep research um, that I was able to, uh, to really learn the craft thoroughly. How do you carry what this woman gave you into the classroom? Because you're a professor. I am a screenwriting instructor, so I'm not a professor. Um, but I, I and I mentor uh, screenwriters as well. And how do I carry it into when I'm teaching? Uh, really, from a compassionate point of view. See, when I first started screenwriting, and I'm sure you guys will appreciate this, it was brutal. Um, people were mean, and they would give you feedback, telling you, uh, "You should not do this. This is not for you." And in fact, some feedback I got when I started early on was, uh, "You probably shouldn't be a screenwriter." Um, and when I got, I mean, it hit me really hard when I heard that. And so I went to, uh, a bar with my friend and I don't drink, but it was where we were at. And, um, we were at the bar and I was like, maybe this, maybe this isn't for me, man. You know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I mean, yeah, my wife thinks it's good, but she does love me. She's a little, you know, partial towards me. And, and maybe I, maybe I shouldn't do this. And he's like, no, no, you're good. And I'm not kidding you at that moment, uh, a, a Wookiee walked through the front door followed by stormtroopers, and then people dressed up in star Wars robes in a bar. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Uh, cause people know like, I'm a huge star Wars fan and yes, you look for signs, right? But when they start playing the cantina theme and you're at the bar and you find out it's, a random Star Wars night that you didn't know existed. Um, you start going, okay, maybe I'll stick this out a little bit longer. Um, and so, so I did. And so what I try and bring to anybody I mentor or anybody I teach or even into my book uh, is compassion and understanding and patience because screenwriting, there is art to it, but it is not an art. It is a craft. And as a craft, anything you do craft-wise, it takes takes time to learn it. It takes practice. Or what I say, time, talent, and tenacity. It takes time. Talent can be crafted. And tenacity is you not giving up and quitting. And if you have all three of those T's, 
you will make it as a screenwriter. And so that's really kind of that compassion and understanding and support is what I bring. It's why I do the show. It's why I do the podcast. It's why I've got the website. It's just kind of like part of my calling as a screenwriter. What's the breadth of time between writing this for your friend and where you are now? Just just to give the audience a sense of, okay, I've been, yeah. I've been hammering away at this for like five years. Do I give up? No. Okay, I'm 45. I want to say close to 20 years. Close to 20 years. Been taking it seriously, maybe 10. I mentioned uh, a friend of mine who was a PA on a set that I was producing on asked me, how long should I anticipate until I quote unquote make it? And I said, well, you got to put in at least seven solid years. Yeah. And her face, oh my goodness, her face just fell because that's almost half of her life. Right. Right. So she can't, she can't fathom sticking with something that it would take that long. But because you so aptly said that writing screenwriting is a craft, it's something that you get better at. And so my next question to you, since the nature of this podcast is pitching, what elements go into a good pitch? I think that, like we've said before, is you're pitching yourself more than than you're just pitching the work. I mean, it's important to have a good, solid, you know, three minute pitch. It's important to have great comps. You know, it's it's a it's it's some it's good to have your material and and be able to grab the audience but i really think it is important to know who you are it is important to be able to pitch yourself um and i mean they even say it's important to know your own story and why you are there in that room at that moment it can't be because i wrote a cool script it can't even be because this concept is great it has to be i wrote this script because you know, I'm a dyslexic screenwriter and it was important for me to be able to reach out to that niche of people. And through this character, we're able to explore their journey of struggles and success. You know, I mean, you have to be able to bring that personal uh, touch to it. And I think that's important also because you're hitting them on a human level as well. It's not just a, I'm here to, to uh, take from you what you can give. It's here as I'm here to offer to you what I can do and who I am. And that that kind of mental choice of what of, of what kind of value you can provide opens doors for you in the industry. How much of what you implement in your own writing, in your own career, and then what you are mentoring people to do is branding yourself as a specific genre of writer? You know, I'm a bit on the outskirt here most people most screenwriting gurus and such will tell you to pick a genre and stick with it and i just don't like that i i don't agree with it i know good <laughs> thank you as i say i know that uh, i can be uh uh quite on the outskirts of that choice but when you really look at this industry and you look at how genres come and go if you are a romantic comedy writer, but things in the world are pretty good and you don't see a lot of war and famine out there, rom-coms aren't really selling. Um, and so you're out of work. If you're 
only writing, you know, vampire movies and zombies are huge. You've got a problem. So I really, I really tell my, my students and people I mentor, like, be able to branch out of your genre, really study other genres, see what makes them tick, pick several movies from them and break them down. I mean, I watch a ton of film and mostly it's just because I'm studying. I'm learning how they did it. Uh, I'm learning the, the mechanisms that they use and the particular types of notes they hit. I mean, every story is a story. Genres have very specific beats. And so for me, I get kind of geeky about, ooh, how can I do that? You know, how can I, how can I break this? And um, and it, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty fun. So yeah, I, I say really be able to break outside of your comfortable genre. Now, if you're comfortable in a genre like horror and you're a great horror writer, that's great. Now move into horror comedy. Now move into comedy. Now move into a rom-com. So you can step your way into that new genre. I want to circle back to you mentioning Cannes because a lot of our listeners wonder what festivals can do for them at the script stage. And I, I think that there are several things that a festival can do for you, like the connections, but there is a way in which yeah. you make the festival work for you. Can you give us some Absolutely. of your experience and tips on that? If you're going to go to a, um, you guys have amazing questions. This is awesome. <laughs> I never get my brain picked in this way. So this is fun for me. Oh, um, good. If you're a screenwriter and you're like, I am taking this to the next level, this is happening. I recommend you either become a hyphenate, so a screenwriter producer, where you start looking at producing your own work. And, you know, that is learning a whole new skill set, but it is a way to really start opening your own doors. Or you find a producer who is around the same level as you are, and then you guys start growing together. And then when that starts happening, then you start working your way into con where you're pitching to studios, where you're pitching to production companies, and you're making it happen instead of just trying to go like Han Solo on this. You don't need anybody. You got to find your Chewy, right? You got to get out there, find your partner and make that happen. Since you're not necessarily um, super strict about genre as yeah. a screenwriter and even for your, your um, students and people you're mentoring, what is your process then for story? And is it consistent? Like, do you always start with yeah. character? Do you always start with concept? What is the What are the first few steps that you find like you always work with? I would recommend Shameless Plug, The Guide for Every Screenwriter, because it is exactly how... <laughs> <laughs> I write my own stuff. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that... don't give us the whole book. Just give us a little little teaser. I'll give you chapter one. No, <laughs> uh, so um, I believe you build a story from concept, theme, character, supporting character, and kind of like that pyramid. So you start out with a concept. What's a concept? A concept is I have this cool idea. That's all it is. Now, Leah, I know some of the scripts you've read have all probably all been concept where they had this great idea and then you're like i'm not reading this anymore now angel i'm sure you've read a script like that too but you thought there's something cool to this other than the concept something behind it well that's because they came up with a theme right 
so they have the they have the concept they have the idea of it they have the theme which is the moral of the story it's the meaning of why this story needs to be told now here's the secret sauce the character your central character should be the living embodiment of your theme what you're trying to say should be expressed through your central character the supporting characters that you bring in that story including the villain are different variations of that theme and they thematically also kind of reveal the inner layers of your central character as they go through their journey your villain will be the antithesis of your theme and so by doing all of that you set yourself up for a story with depth this is amazing um mostly <laughs> be, uh, first of all thank you for working uh working that through in such detail um this is amazing because of all the people who get the itch and the ambition to actually sit down and write a screenplay, which is great. That's the first step to the people who actually turn out consistently scripts and stories that are um, engaging and fun for a reader and then potentially an audience. I feel like this is the path that I've come to discover in the scripts that I like and the scripts that I work on is that there are these few elements that everything germinate from concept mm -hmm. theme and then things grow from there and i feel like those are missing in a lot of people's education because you know everybody has a computer everybody can sit down and write and they've all seen mm -hmm. movies and television so the, the the trap is like well i've seen it i like it of course i can write it but then there's these building blocks you know you kind of have to do a little bit of work and um massaging to figure out oh what what are what are the building blocks upon which a story is actually built and this is, in my opinion, close to what a lot of people I've read and studied have said. So thanks for breaking right. that down. Oh, yeah, thank pleasure. you. Uh, yeah. But you you didn't just write a screenwriting book. You started as somebody who was very hungry for this new craft and you wanted to explore and fine tune. Mm -hmm. So when you were first starting out for our listeners who are also in that same spot, what resources did you find that you would recommend and that yeah. maybe you still find value in well, or that, like books or movies or no, it's great. mentors, whatever? No, it's a great question because the, the whole point of, of me writing the guide for every screenwriter is I don't believe in one source of information is the source. You will find that like there's a lot of writers are um, save the cat writers or they are, um, uh, uh, you know, the writer's journey or, or, uh, their, um, trot, you know, some are the screenwriter's Bible, like, like, like almost like the vision of camps. Um, and I, I don't believe in that. I believe that everybody has tools and you can take those tools and put them in your own toolbox. So when I wrote the guide for every screenwriter, I very specifically wrote it as a reference guide, um, where I promote, other people's books and say, if you want more on this, you can find that in, you know, uh, Chris Vogler's The Writer's Journey, which, which is, I think is a, a great place to start um, because he adapts uh, Joseph Campbell's Hero of a Thousand Faces. I'm sorry, guys, I'm getting nerdy on you. Um, Heroes from a Thousand Faces. Nerd out, please. No, yeah, this is right, like, so, it's a great book. <laughs> It is. It's fantastic. It's a textbook, though, really. Yeah. And it he what he did is Campbell broke down the monomyth where over religions and myths of all 
races and cultures all had very similar journeys of their hero. And so he broke that all down. And now what Vogler did specifically for Disney is he put out a memo. And back in the day, it was huge. I got faxed everywhere. If that tells you how long ago it was, I just had him on my show. He's such a pleasure. Um, and, uh, and he, and he talks about how you can adapt the hero's the the hero's journey into screenwriting into making films and so he ended up taking that thesis and he turned it into the writer's journey so i think the writer's journey is a really great place to start um because it can give you a lot of depth and then if you go out to you know save the cat or to you know sid field's book um they get a little bit um easier on the structure because really what everybody's done is they've taken the journey of the monomyth and they've kind of reduced it down into fewer and fewer and fewer steps to make it easier and simpler and simpler. But you don't know what you're missing when that happens. So that's why I recommend you go back to the source and then work your way down. And that's really what I did for years is really studying these stuff and saying, oh, okay, so Save the Cat really borrowed this from the hero's journey. Vogler's got this, you know, Sid Field has these pinches, but really these are actually, you know, the denial, the refusal of the call. So you have all these really cool things that other other people don't realize what's happening behind the curtain. But when you really start breaking it down, it's super cool. And so that's what I've done. I've got a nine point story beat that you can use for screenwriting, but I acknowledge where they all come from. Now you're a you're a huge Star Wars fan. I see what is it <laughs> five or six posters along some yeah. figurines and some busts. Um, yeah, and you talked about being a Star Trek fan as well. What are some of your favorite TV shows historically? And then are you watching anything new and cool, or have you discovered anything yeah. new to you that might be cool? Because I've I've got a couple that I've watched lately, and I'm like super stoked on. Yeah, I mean, I think The Mandalorian really really saved the star wars ip because it had drowned out in theaters um what happened was they were providing too much content too fast and the audience was being overloaded and they're like we really don't want this much star wars so they pulled back and um started going to long form narrative which is fantastic so that way you get introduced to this cool character cool cultures um, and you get to follow them through that that large arc, which is awesome. So I think The Mandalorian has done um, an incredible job uh, uh, with that. Um, Star Trek wise. Uh, and it doesn't really... have to just be Star Trek. It's oh, like no, anything, we're... really. Angel, we're going there. OK, let's do it. We're going there. Uh, Star <laughs> Trek wise, my wife and I really love Below Deck, which is an animated show and it's a comedy. And so it takes something that is usually sci-fi serious and it flips the genre into sci-fi comedy, which is really hard to find, let alone <laughs> pull off. And we're rolling every time we watch that. So, so I think Below Deck uh, is quite brilliant. But if I want to go on the serious side, I think Picard and how they were able to really sum up these characters over this long career they've had was, it was really touching at the end of the end of Picard. Very cool. I want to ask a kind of follow-up question to that, which mm -hmm. is who are some of your favorite screenwriters? Oh my gosh. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie, I think is really, so good. yeah, absolutely incredible. And really looking at where he start 
where he started and the fact that, you know, he went into producing and then directing and doing the Mission Impossible movies. And what I really like about him is that he will start with a concept that is inspired by a location. So he'll travel all over and then he'll be like, oh, I'm really inspired by this location. Then he'll start building a concept around that particular scene, um, which I think is so cool. So it's a really neat way of, of doing it. Um, Jonathan Nolan, I think, is absolutely incredible and kind of flies under the radar. I think he's super underappreciated. Just as a writer, writer. Yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant. I mean, as a showrunner, you look at uh, Westworld and you're like, what? I mean, to pull off spoilers, guys, but season one is two different timelines played within the same season, which is like impossible to do and fool an audience. And they crushed it. Um, but, you know, everybody talks about his brother and the directing, which is great. But his brother's best movies are the ones that is, that Jonathan wrote. So I think. Um, I think yeah. Jonathan Nolan is just, yeah, absolutely brilliant. I have a fun question to ask. Okay. So when you sold your first pitch or your first script or whatever it was, uh, the money went to rent, went to bills and went to da, 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 da. What was the thing that you bought that was like, I'm buying this for myself. I sold the thing. I earned this. Please tell me this it was to like, remind me. Please tell me it was like a Ferrari in Michigan. You like no. <laughs> uh, a Maserati in winter in Michigan. Please it was me. his face tells it all. <laughs> no, I did not spend that kind of money. Um, honestly, I think it was a pack of peanut M&Ms. <laughs> it's such a writer thing to splurge on. <laughs> such, I am fairly confident it was a pack of peanut M&Ms. So that's amazing. It, yeah. I did not. I don't I don't uh, I don't blow out or anything like that. So I'm not that kind of guy. I can hear a collective sigh from the audience. I'm sorry, guys. That's, no, no, that's no. That's the reality of it. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. It is what it is. Yeah. Everybody should write in uh, what they would have bought instead. Yeah. We'll do hashtag not peanuts. That's hilarious. Not, not M&M's. I literally um, write for peanut M&M's. <laughs> Speaking of our audience and, and screenwriters, I wanted to ask you what, in your opinion, what are three proactive things that newer writers should be doing and please be specific. If you want to find out what three things Jeffrey thinks you should be doing proactively as a writer for your career, check us out on the next episode. For both Lee and myself, cheers from Hollywood. If you're on the fence about subscribing, know that a portion of all subscription fees go toward the nonprofit Young Storytellers, raising voices one story at a time.